Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. I missed you guys last week, man. Kara and Jesse, thank you guys for that word. Extravagant love for God and extravagant love for another. It's amazing to be in a house where people can be that vulnerable. Amen? Like, just share everything. Thank you guys. I listened to it. It was amazing. And um, I want to share, the, the week before I wasn't able to be here, I had an experience. And can I just talk with you guys about some stuff I'm processing? Can we do that? That's what I do every Sunday anyways. I'm just going to ask you permission. Like, as a pastor, what we share with you guys is just what God is speaking to us, right? And believing God for something more. And so a couple of weeks ago, I went on a, like, a little retreat. How many of you here were for Eric Gilmore? Eric Gilmore, he challenged us to take an extended period of time, two or three days, and just go away and lock yourself in a room and be with Jesus. Doesn't that sound amazing? Sounds amazing. I did it, and it was a little bit awkward. Can I just be honest? <laughs> like, I, I, it was just, you don't realize how much we suck at just being until you try to just be. Like, no TV, no phone, no nothing. And so I had a few days from Tuesday to Thursday to just be with Jesus and just allow him to do whatever he wanted to do. That's a beautiful place to be, right? Like, that we would all get to the place that we would say, God, whatever you want to do in our lives, just do it. Like, I'm just open to whatever you want to speak. So I was asking the Lord, God, what do you want to do? Like, Tuesday, I drove, and I'm just driving my key, and I'm like, God, what do you want to speak to me? What do you want to do? Because we're charismatics, right? We're like, God, I want to show up in a room, and I want you to blow it up, and like, this experience, like, oh, and and there's just a small voice, man. I just heard God saying in this small voice, Gio, I want to become real to you. I heard that. And that was all he said. Like, because we're revelation people, right? Like, God, I want an extravagant revelation so the people can be all. But no, it was like, God, Gio, I want you to know me. I want, to, I want you to become, I want to become real to you. So I'm driving my car, and it's difficult when your job is to be a pastor to hear the Lord say, I want to become real to you because my natural expression is, God, you are real. I trust you. You're real. I believe in you. But like in the moment, I felt like maybe there is a part of me that struggles with fully connecting with the reality that there's this God that I can't see, but I'm supposed to fully trust him. But I'm American, and I trust money. And all of these things were going on, so I locked myself in this room with the Lord, and I just began to read. And I told my wife, I said, I'm just going to read over the words of Jesus. Because the whole Bible is truth, man. But when Jesus came, what Jesus came to do, according to what he said, was to reveal the Father to us. Meaning like, man, he wants to show us who God is, the way he wants to commune with us, the way he wants to interact with us. But if I'm honest, man, there are parts of my life and my Christianity, even still, if I'm honest, I'm wrestling with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm wrestling. Like, I, I, I want to say that I fully believe, but, but like, I read scriptures. Like, I read this scripture about there being a narrow road. Like the Bible says that, that we're all on this journey and there's two paths and there's like this narrow road and, the, and Jesus says that this road is narrow and it's difficult. And then like there's this broad road and everybody's on this road and they're heading in a direction but the Bible says they don't know it but they're heading to destruction. Have you read this? And I'm reading this and I'm like, Jesus, like I get so caught up in my life and like, I'm, I mean, what's a pastor? A pastor is like a, a professional Christian? 
What does that mean, right? Like we're just trying to lead people to see Jesus. And in the midst of that, recognizing and realizing that we are very Americanized and we read this Bible sometimes and it becomes hard to reconcile how we live our lives to what this says. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? And so like it would be easy for me. I've read this Bible many times, man, and the Gospels forget about it. I'm in the Gospels all the time. But as I'm reading it, these words, they're striking my heart because I realize that there are still things in this book that I don't know, I'm not fully living them out yet, right? And so when Jesus says that there will be people that will come before him, are you alive? Man, there will be people who will come before him and they'll come before his throne like there's no time left. This is it. Our time to meet our maker who is real. And like we stand before him and he's and Jesus is like, I never knew you. Like, is that just scary to me? Because like these people, they prophesied, they did ministry, like they were active in ministry, they were involved, their hands were on stuff. Yet Jesus looks at them and he says, depart from me for I never knew you. And like all of the, like in Revelations, oh man, when Jesus is speaking and there are these people that they're like, the Bible says that their trust was in their riches. Do you, do you know you are rich? Like you're rich. Like a good percentage of the world, no matter how broke you feel right now, a good percentage of the world, they make $2 a day. If I took $2 and threw it at you right now, you'd go like this. Jack's like, nah, bro. <laughs> but, but like, but, but like, let's be honest. We do not think of $2 as riches. How many of you? We, we just don't. And we read, we read scriptures like when Jesus says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to make it into the kingdom. For us to disconnect ourselves from that because we're like, well, we're not millionaires is crazy. And what I feel God is saying for us today is not for us to feel you understand, he doesn't want us to feel terrible about ourselves, but I think we need to wrestle a little bit with the reality that, that there will be people that they're on this path and they think like, well, I'm just doing my best because I have interjected Christianity into my life. But here's the truth. You cannot separate your life from spirituality. You are a deeply spiritual person. A third of who you are is spirit. You are not a body with a spirit. You are a spirit with a body. And if we don't learn to wrestle, I don't care how old you are. When Jesus comes back, he's not going to say, well, he was 13 or 14. No. Like our jobs as parents, my job for Judah is to, treat, is to, to help him realize that, yes, God is friend, but Jesus is Lord. He's not just teacher. He's not just trying to teach us a better way. He is Lord. <sighs> and so I was, I was reading this scripture. Are you all right? <laughs> I feel passionate about this right now. Oh, Jesus. Can I, read, can I read to you a scripture that got me? Luke 15, Luke 14, Jesus is speaking, and the title of this is The Cost of Being a Disciple. How many of you know Jesus, Jesus did not come for us to become converts? He came for us to create disciples. 
the beginning of this journey is you saying yes to Jesus. The rest of your life is you responding to that yes. Is your life yielding to that like, yes, oh wait, no, I said yes to this. And so Jesus is speaking to his disciples and we see Jesus crowds of people coming he feeds thousands of people and crowds gather and then he comes out and he's like eat my flesh and drink my blood and they all leave it's like it would seem almost like he's making it difficult to follow him i know we don't preach this in church because we're like jesus all inclusive every but like jesus what he was doing is he was trying to show us there's a cost to following me man like it's not cheap and then he says this if you want to be my disciple you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father, your mother, your children, your brother, your sisters, yes, your own, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my How many of you read that and you just like go, you just brush over it? Is it just me? Because if I'm being honest, I don't know what it's like in this moment in my life to say every morning I wake up and I'm carrying my cross to follow him. Because, like, the reality for most of you is tomorrow morning you have to wake up at 5 o'clock and by 6 you got to be at work. Is, am I, is that real? And in the midst of all of that stuff, like, I hear this, like, Jesus saying, hey, listen, there's this call to follow me. And it's a little bit more than just interjecting me in your life or giving me a, God does not want a tenth of your life. Like, he wants all of your life. Like he wants to be Lord of all of your life and he wants our, he doesn't want our lives. Like Sunday mornings is not for the Lord. Your life is for the Lord. Yeah. Sunday mornings is an expression and we come together and God does something beautiful because he says as we gather that his spirit pours out on us and he changes us. But the danger of today is we are the most connectedly disconnected generation ever. We feel connected where our phones are connected. We get messages. We're always around people yet most of us we feel alone. And yet what God calls us to is, is for us as a people to take up our cross and follow him and to deny ourselves. The Bible says this, Jesus said, turn away from your selfish ways. And I don't know about you, but I can be selfish. Is it just me? I could preach to just me, but I know at times I, like, God will ask me to do something. And like this thing inside of me was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. It's just me. Like, you know how long the Lord's been asking me to do this? This isn't, that has nothing, nothing, this isn't like sin, pornography, or this is just tangible things where God is like, if you want everything you're asking me for, this is what it's going to take. There's a cost required. And we don't want to hear that, man, because we live in a world that's full of comfort. Do for me and don't make me uncomfortable. And God is here to serve me. We wouldn't say that. But like when we come into, into church and our attitude is, God, what are you going to do for me today? Could you imagine the disconnect like Peter going to, you know, John or whatever saying, how was church? He'd be like, what are you talking about? How was church today? I didn't go, man. There was something at the Coliseum and I had to go check it out, bro. I didn't go to church today. It would never happen. And, and, and the bridge that I feel the Lord is trying to He's trying to gap it, right? Like there's this, there's this disconnect is where we realize that this is everything. And you may not understand every part of how to walk this out, but I, I feel like if we don't at least wrestle with it, right? If we don't at least wrestle with the reality that the Bible says that there's flesh and there's spirit and they're at war with one another, 
and there's this internal battle. And so when I go into a room and the Lord's like, I want to become real to you, Gio. I'm like, what does that mean, Lord? Because I think all of us deep down on our insides, if we were honest, what we want is for God to become real, right? That's what we want. That's what I pray for on Sunday mornings, for God to become real. And so I've I've been watching this show called The Chosen. Have you guys seen it? (laughs) I'm sorry. Chucho introduced me to the show and I binge watched it and did not give him the time of day. (laughs) They were waiting for us. Listen to me. There is this show called The Chosen. I I believe we're going to try to watch it as a church, but there is a show called The Chosen. You could download this app. And I'm not a very visual person. I'm, I'm like, I read books. My, my wife calls them self-help books. I like books that teach me how to do things and I can apply it. My wife's the opposite. She wants to see pictures and bright colors and adventure. I don't, my mind doesn't work that way. I'm like, what's the point of the story? Just tell me the freaking point so I can apply it to my life. That's how I work. So when I read the Bible, if I'm being honest, the way I read the Bible is, what does it say and how does it apply? How do I do it? I don't see stories. So I'm watching this show, and what it's doing is it's, it's giving me imagery to the Bible, and it has rocked my world. Because, because everything, it moves from abstract to, wow, like, wait a second, Jesus really walked up to Peter and said, come follow me, and that fool dropped his nets, fell to his knees, and left everything. And so in the show, there's this person called Nicodemus. You read about Nicodemus in John 3. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he was like a Pharisee of Pharisees. Like, he was, he was baller status. And they were the religious people of the time. So everybody who was religious would look at Nicodemus and say, teach me, because this man had given his life to studying the Bible. He knew, memorized the word. And so Nicodemus is one of the main characters on the show, and I have to tell you this because this is really what wrecked me for all this, man. Nicodemus is on the show, and and he's going about, and he hears about Jesus, just the same way you come to church and you hear about this Jesus, but we all have this thought, is it really real? Like, I hear what Gio's saying, and like, I know the Bible, and I can like, but is it really, does it really work? And so it leads to this moment where Nicodemus is at a table with Jesus, and they're talking. You can read about it in John 3. And Nicodemus is trying to wrap his mind around, how can I be born again again? Am I supposed to enter back into my mother? He's talking. This is in the Bible. And Jesus says, no, you've got to be born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus, he's like, his mind's blown. Like, born of the Spirit. But here's what got me, man. As, As Nicodemus, this religious person, is speaking to Jesus, you have to know that the way Jesus came in the form he came and the way he came, this, this kid from Nazareth, was it offended him. You understand? Jesus did not come in the way that the religious people thought he should come. Just like Jesus doesn't come in the way the American church thinks he should come. He doesn't. That's the, that's the chasm we have. That we think Jesus should come. You got 21 minutes to show up, Lord. That's our worship time. And then announcements is coming. It's no different than what they were dealing with. Half of the people thought Jesus was going to be an anarchist, and the other half thought it was all metaphorical. And so he's sitting in front of Jesus, this Pharisee, and his world is rocked, and he says out of his mouth, you are the Messiah. He says that, and he's weeping on, in the show, and Jesus extends this invitation that is the same invitation all of us have every single Sunday, every day of your life. He says, follow me. 
And Nicodemus is moved. Why is he moved? Because Nicodemus has a lot of things. He has social status. He's got his job. He's a Pharisee. He's religious. He knows how to do things. And what Jesus is asking him is to forsake all of that to follow him. What's the difference? Like, what is Jesus asking of you? Make no mistake, he's asking something. I'm not saying quit your job and move to a freaking cabin, but I'm saying he is asking something of us if we are going to be his disciples. And so he asks Nicodemus, go and, and gather yourself, but on Tuesday we're going to meet. And it fast forwards to that day and Jesus walks out and he's got his followers. Peter's there, John's there, Mary's there, and it's just, it's amazing. And Jesus is standing in this, in this center, and he, he, he asked this question. It, this is the only thing I watched in that room, and it rocked me. Jesus says, is this everyone? And then the show, Nicodemus, is, he's hiding around a corner, and he's weeping because he knows he has the opportunity of a lifetime to freaking forget about all this stuff and follow the Messiah, yet something inside of him won't let it go. And so... Jesus is there and he's waiting. It's like one last response, come follow me. And then one of the disciples finds money and he opens it up and Jesus, they recognize that Jesus knew that Nicodemus gave the money and this word came out of his mouth which hit me right in the chest. Jesus looks towards Nicodemus and he, he says this, he says, you were so close. And in that moment, in that moment, in that little Airbnb, as I was watching visualizing this, I realized that there are many times in my life where I am Nicodemus. Maybe not you, but there are many times, even today, if I'm being, can we just be a real people where God will ask or I'll feel things in my, this prodding to share the gospel or to give up television or forget I'm on my phone because the reality is in my life, I feel more comfortable talking to somebody about Jesus sometimes than just talking to him. And in that moment, I realized, God, like how many times am I hiding around a corner when I hear your invitation, I mean, let's just think about this for a moment. Some of us, we've been going to church our whole lives. And we feel frustrated. Because you know why we're frustrated? Because we read, like, I'm convinced many people give up on reading the Bible because they can't figure out how they go to church every Sunday, but it doesn't look like Acts. So it's just easier not to read it. And the problem with me is this is my job, and I refuse to give up on that. <laughs> like God's dream for, for church for this, and I know God uses this. How many of you have been ministered to here? Me, I've been ministered to. God has healed me in amazing ways in this room. Yet I read about an outpouring of the Spirit that happens in Acts 1, and, 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 and I see the results of that outpouring. Can I read it to you? Can we, I want to read it to you because this is what I really believe God wants to do. As we take up our cross and as we're honest and we're vulnerable and we're real, this is what happens to God's people. Maybe you're here and you're cold and you feel tired of all this. I want to I tell you, this is what I'm believing God for. So the Spirit of God fell. It shook a room. People got, the Spirit of God, all that stuff happened. It happened. And they were filled with the Spirit and this was the result of that. 
Acts 2.42, all the believers, I know you've read this a million times. You've got to read it like you've never read it before to get to this place. Acts 2.42, all the believers, say all. Not the ones that were on fire. All the believers devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, which was Jesus. Him crucified and resurrected. That was the message. They, they devoted themselves to this teaching and to fellowship. Say fellowship. And to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and the prayer. And as they did that, a deep sense of awe. Oh my, when was the last time you had a deep sense of awe come over you? That didn't come from somebody speaking. That's my nightmare. That you would leave and you would feel awe. Oh, wow, what a mess. Good job. Awe. Oh, that's not the awe that this is talking about. The awe that this is talking about is unity in the spirit. It's a love and a camaraderie with one another where service is over, I'm out the door. Or it's an inconvenience for us. I'm, I'm talking to Gio right now. Where it's an inconvenience for us to gather for dinner. Look, they were a deep sense of awe came over them. And the apostles, they performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place. Look at this. And they shared everything they had. They sold their properties. They gave away their possessions. And they shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, not on Sundays, each day the Lord added to their fellowship and people were being saved. This is the gospel, guys. That we would turn from our selfish ways. I don't know what that looks like for you, man. But here's the reality. I've sold everything and left America twice. Everything. And I can't accept coming back because I know right now, man, there are times where, where it would be easy for me not to express my faith. Why? Because I have money in a bank. I don't, I don't depend on God for daily bread. How can you pray, God, give me today my daily bread when I know I got a bank account that's going to give me my daily bread? And I, I believe God wants us to be blessed. And I believe God wants to prosper you, but I believe he's more concerned about your soul than he is about your comfort. I believe that we hear sometimes the Spirit. How many of you ever know when the Spirit's speaking to you, he'll prod you to speak or to step out? And we quiet that voice because it's uncomfortable for us. I know that my life has gotten to a place, me, my life has gotten to a place where I, I genuinely want to do community with people and I have to schedule it out two weeks. I have to meet with you the Friday after next Friday. And if something comes up, forget about it. It's a month away. I know that's not what God wants. You know what I'm saying? And what I believe, what I believe God is doing for us is he's asking us, what does it look like for us as a people to wrestle with this and say, man, this is, this was the church. Like there was no church of God or assembly of God or it was like literally either you were a part of the way or you weren't. And once you were a part of the way, you were family. And what I'm asking God for for us is for us to get beyond, how are you today, brother? Oh, blessed. 
hands are cold, aren't they? That we would move beyond that to true godly community. Where you're not worried about what people, that, that people would actually see you. That you would be seen and allow people into your life. And I believe in this next season, what we've been waiting for to happen on Sundays, it's not going to happen on Sundays. It's going to happen in circles. It's going to happen when we choose to break out of the American dream and the hustle and bustle and trying to add unto ourselves and, and, and we truly trust him to provide for everything that we need. And we allow him to lead us and be a people. That The Bible says this, and I said this to you guys two weeks ago, that the way we love one another the way that I love, not just love my wife, but that that love that flows from the Spirit would hit you, it would be a sign to unbelievers that God is real. That's what the Bible says. Like this extravagant love that we can feel for somebody that we've just met, it would be something that people would say, wow, God, God is real. And I know, I know this can be a stretch for us, but like, I can't talk about the core and the DNA of the local church without saying maybe we have to blow some stuff up to reconstruct something that God is really believing for. Maybe we have to allow him to just all of the things that we think we know about church and the people that we think are so anointed to teach us the right things and just say, man, can we just believe if three or four of us gathered in Jesus' name that the Spirit would come and speak to us? Could you imagine? That like we would believe that like God's Spirit that is inside of us would work salvation through us and we stopped waiting for a pastor to give us the right word. Maybe he'll speak the right word today and that hardness will break off my heart and then I'll be on fire. You guys remember me talking about the Welsh Revival? There was a Welsh Revival that hit Wales and 1903, and it swept through for, for, for a good amount of time, hundreds of thousands of people. Soccer stopped, and I was reading something this week, and this is where I'll end. They asked Evan Roberts, the leader of the revival, why do you believe the revival stopped? Because it only lasted a year. He said, I believe what started in one room with 16 people lost its togetherness like when the spirit came and there was 16 people singing a song and there was no instruments playing it was just like god came into a room and there was a, an honesty and a vulnerability when we lost that the spirit left us and i don't know about you but i'm that's what i'm fighting for that we don't have to live life isolated that i'm not too busy for people what are we here for like, what are, we, are we here for work? And I know we, we, some of you got to go to jobs tomorrow, but I'm saying if we live the next 50 years to, to, to work, to then retire, to then do ministry, we've lost 50 years of our lives. For what? You okay? What I, what I want to do is um, I, I want to pray. You know what? We prayed. We prayed. Can we pray together? Can we do that? Would you guys join me? I want to pray as one body, actually. Last time we prayed in little circles, but I want to pray together. So will you guys come up? There's no music. I'm just asking. Just <laughs> You want to come pray with me? I want to pray that God would do this in our hearts. Hmm?
<laughs> My wife ran her first race yesterday. She almost just fell. <laughs> That's real. Well, I want to I pray. I want us to, to pray together. Like as a declaration, God did it different for service, but I feel like we need to come together in unity and pray that God would unify us and that he would show us how to break out of the regular mold so that his spirit can fall anew. So, so however he would lead you to pray right now, I'm going to ask you to pray, but, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe, God, that he's going to give us divine strategy as a church and the capacity to love one another in a real, tangible way. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, God, I pray for every single person in this room under the sound of my voice and I ask, Lord, that you would break us. Break us from the cycles of church. Break us from the cycles of sameness, God. God, I ask that your word would become real to us. God, that we would not just read over the difficult parts, God, but that you would help us, particularly those of us that have been in church for so long, to break out of the, norm, the, the normality of just walking through the motions. Father, I believe no one in this room just wants to do church as normal. And so, God, we're contending for you to show us. If we have to strip all of it to find real God, we say yes. As the leaders, we say yes. And, God, I ask that you would help us to break away from our selfish ways. Break us of our selfish ways, God. Help us to see people at the gas stations, at the restaurants, God, on Saturday, God, that we would see you in them, that we would not be too busy to make room to see you in the broken. And God, if, it's just a, if it just starts with a few of us, that we break down and we figure out what it really looks like to follow you as a disciple, God, we say yes. We make room for this because we believe this is important. And so, God, what, is it, what does it profit us to gain the whole world but lose ourselves? I ask that that would become reality to us. Father, I ask that you would break us for this. More than miracles or signs or wonders, help us to really live the Bible. Every person, I pray that over you, that he would show you how to really live the Bible at your jobs, in your relationships, in your homes, that you would be Jesus to them. And that you would be salt that is salty and light that shines. And Father, I pray over every single heart here today that it would be so soft for you, Lord. We've been praying this for months, that it would be soft for you, Lord. Young and old, God, young and old, help this to become real for us, God. I believe you're raising people up in this room right now. You're speaking to hearts, and you're saying it's time for you to rise up and lead. Man, I, do, I believe there are people in this room that will be leading groups for us. And God is going to use you to teach and to impart and to show real community. And I just ask you to say yes to that, to that voice. Because I, I really feel God is, is he's doing a new thing. So, Father, we say yes to that. 
and we love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I really, how many of you have not watched The Chosen?